2: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi on the network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com incarwifi Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required.
3: This is VEASAN's College Football Betting Podcast.
4: Welcome in another edition of the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast. I am Tim Murray and we'll have a full episode coming out later this week with my guy Thor Nystrom, but on Friday, Bud Elliott from CBS Sports, 247 Sports, one of the best college football minds, in my opinion, out there, stopped by the studio on v Primetime and a handful of you who did not hear that conversation with myself and Sean King, asked if it would be part of our podcast feed, and I said, why not? So we will get you that conversation here in just a moment. Always a reminder, please rate, review, and subscribe. Let's keep it rolling. We do have our college football preview coming out on August 3rd. We're going to have some special Content Next week as well. Myself, Wes Reynolds, Matt humans, Adam Burke, Zachary Cohen, we've all been busting our butts on that preview magazine to preview every single team that is out there. So uh, we have a new special running over at com slash subscribe, you get everything we have to offer all the way through. The Super Bowl. So you might want to check out that over at com slash subscribe. So as mentioned, we will have a full episode tomorrow. Myself and Thor Nystrom going through some win totals from the Big 12, from the Big Ten, Notre Dame as well. But on Friday, Bud Elliott from CBS Sports stopped on by, post pac-12 media day we talked some pac-12 we talked some sec we got into a lot of it with bud elliott who hung out for two segments last friday night on vcin primetime. so here you go that conversation uh, with bud elliott we welcome in another raise fan in the building raise up yeah we got uh, bud elliott uh, he does a couple other things too 247 sports cbs sports and uh, the cover three podcast which is just a tremendous thing to listen to on a regular basis uh, but you do a thing called summer school and it is um, it's such a great way to get prepared for the college football season. You bring on uh, beat reporters, you get in-depth questions. It, it's really a massive asset. So if you haven't done so by now, go get the cover three podcast. But you're in town for the uh, Pac-12 media days. No prime today. So hopefully prime's a uh, feeling better. You know, wh- I, I'm very curious. What was kind of the, the feel at Pac-12 media days? Because if. Coach Prime was there. Deion Sanders was there. It would have probably been completely different. But you still have the reigning Heisman Trophy winner in attendance. It's almost funny, bud, that I feel like it was a
3: disappointment
4: that Dion wasn't there. It's like, yeah, this guy over here won the Heisman. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah, no, uh, it was a, a pretty good experience. I, I'd never done Pac-12 Media Day before. And they they do it upright. And, like, you know, SEC Media Day, I've done it for four days. Mm-hmm. It just flew out here last night. But this is a better event. You get more access to these guys. You can actually, like, go up and... Talk to Lincoln Riley. You, you can get lunch, you know, with basically any coach that you want to get lunch with. You, know, you can talk to Caleb Williams and ask him, you know, how their stuff's going. It's not quite so corporate and just micromanaged, right. like with some of the bigger conferences. Um, it was, it was good though. Like obviously, we, we wish Dion well. Yeah. Now I have known Charles Kelly, their defensive coordinator, uh, for quite a long time. Uh, we actually have families from the same area, but and he, he kind of thinks they're going to be decent, man. And yeah. I, I looked at Colorado a lot. They're, to me, the ultimate stay-healthy team, mm-hmm. right? Because I do think the job they have done in the transfer portal with the starter-level players is good. But I also think their depth is probably the worst depth in the Pac-12. Like the backups, there may be some positions where the backups are just not playable. And that makes sense. If you bring in 70 transfers, I mean, you get one shot at transferring, right? You get yeah. your one free transfer. Are you going to sign up to go be a backup somewhere? Right. If they bring in a, a, a guy in front of you, so... Colorado's got to stay healthy and they may have a chance to exceed their win total but they also could they got to stay healthy early
5: yeah the other side of that is that they had a whole bunch of starters that shouldn't have been playing last year yeah so I was telling Tim you know why I'm so bullish on them over three and a half is because a lot of these kids are from the southeastern United States and I, as the coach at South Florida I recruited a whole lot of those kids they didn't all come to South Florida but like we were in heated battles so he had some guys that can really play that love football but I'm with you. Depth is a major concern. Also, the level of quarterback play in that conference is really good.
3: It it really The the top six teams all have a quarterback situation that I I think you you feel somewhere between decent to amazing about, right? Right. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens with with, with Oregon State. Now, Aiden Childs is a true freshman at Oregon State. I'm not saying he's going to beat out DJ, but it really wouldn't shock me if he did beat out DJU, the the Clemson transfer who went to Oregon State. And I'm just going to bet on Chip Kelly – figuring it out with one of the three quarterbacks that he has in the house. Like, When's the last time Chip Kelly had bad quarterback play at the college it's, level? It's, it's Garbers, it's uh, the uh, Dante Moore. Dante Moore, got, the five-star, recruit, five, and five-star. And then they brought the kid from Schley. Colin Schley, yeah. yeah Colin Schley, who was a little bit banged up yeah. uh, in the spring. And I, I think they will battle this out. But if if Garbers is your floor quarterback at UCLA, I think you feel fairly good. I mean, for me, I, I did bet some UCLA to make the playoff 40-1, to okay. which seems wild, but you know, small unit on that. Their question is O line depth. But I can paint you a picture with their schedule. If they stay healthy up front, they don't have to dip into that poor you know O line depth. No Oregon, no Washington. Right. So maybe, maybe they make a run. Yeah.
4: No, it, it's interesting. This two straight days now because Colin Wilson was in here yesterday. He's high on UCLA. I had Stanford Steve on my podcast. He's high on UCLA. Now, Stanford Steve, he, he's not shy about it. He and Chip Kelly are, are yeah. buds. So you know, but but he also has talked to Chip Kelly and, and he knows. They got the, the, the transfer whose name is escaping me, the running back from, from the Mac. Uh, oh,
3: but the, the, the Ball State kid yeah. who owns the pet alligator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah
4: just the monster. So they're, they're really intriguing. Uh, real quickly, on uh, you want, no, you go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say about the Oregon State. because I was listening to your podcast today. You guys were running through. It was a couple episodes ago, but uh, you guys were going through the Pac-12. And the win total you used for Oregon State was 8.5. And, and I would not play over 8.5. I played over eight. Because I'm thinking if they go 8-4, and you know, we get a push. And I'm hoping that they get to nine wins. But I thought it was either you or one of your colleagues made a good point, which is did we see just the best of Oregon State last year where they go 10-3, and you know, they beat Oregon. I do like the fact that three of their toughest games are at home. They avoid USC. You know, non-con is is super manageable there. But what is your take of, of Oregon State? Because I... If they had kept Spates, I'd love them. Yeah, that, that's a big loss. He goes to LSU, but you know the quarterback position is is certainly a question mark with DJU. If he plays like he
3: did at you know South Bend in November of 2020, they could win a lot of football games. There's a lot of coaches in this league that you really don't feel comfortable going to the window and betting us. And Jonathan Smith is one of those. Like, yeah. That guy wins basically everywhere he goes. They don't beat themselves. They, they don't make mistakes. Jim Mahowald one of the best offensive line coaches in the country, and they like, they just. There's no negative plays. They're never in that third and 12 basically because they do such a good job of staying ahead of the chains. But that that was my point on, on the show was if you know just power ratings historically, right? right. It, when if you're like on like a you know 30 to negative 30. When's the last time that Oregon State has legitimately played as like a 20 plus? Cuz if you're projecting them to win 10 or 11 ball games with their schedule, you kind of have to jack them up to like a 20. And right. I'm like, man, if you're going to be a 20, I want to see a lot of NFL players Not just a well coached team. I want to see a real difference maker at quarterback. And the reports on Spates at LSU are really good. I know. Like, LSU thinks they got a stud in Spates. And how many LSU quality stud SC linebackers are on that Oregon State roster? My guess is they miss him a little bit.
5: Well, Blue Adams is my good friend. He's a DB coach there. He loves their defense this year. Said they will miss Spates, but he feels like they will take a step up more another year in the system. They're going to be able to run the ball. Uh, Martinez is an outstanding back. Oh, Linus. I actually had Deshaun Fenwick committed to South Florida. And Dude. then South Carolina came in and snatched him. Now, ultimately, he's at Oregon State. So, you know, he's a Florida kid that, that I know can play. So, they get both of their top two runners. I'm presuming they're going to be some kind of run-based, QB run-based game with DJ. I,
3: I think they'll run DJ if, if he ends up being a guy, yeah. yeah. And
5: they had terrible
3: quarterback play last year. Terrible. Yeah, so I was looking at it. It was awful. It's going to upgrade. I mean, the, the yeah. two kids they were playing were, they just weren't, they weren't not only like not upper tier Pac-12. They just were really not Pac-12 quality for many of the games.
5: Sixteen and thirteen touchdown and interception they are two guys that played most of the year.
3: Yeah, I mean, look. and that's mostly a play action ball club. It's not like you're dropping back a ton. That's that's pretty bad.
4: Um, we're talking to Bud Elliott joining us in studio uh, on the other side of the break. We'll kind of hit on just more big picture stuff. But I want to keep focusing on uh, the Pac-12. You were there today. We, we played this clip of, of Kyle Whittingham just a moment ago where he was asked <laughs> about being picked third. And you could see the gears going like, yes, I'm going to use this as motivation. Right. We're the two-time champs, and you're, you're doubting us. Um, what do you make of Utah this year? Obviously, they lose Kincaid. But you know Brent Keithy was, I believe, the starter prior to his injury. Cam Rising's back, but is he 100% healthy with the ACL? So what do you make of Utah Florida at Baylor in the non con. You don't miss any of the, the the layups or the, yeah, you don't miss any of the big boys, I should say. They, they miss Stanford. They miss Washington State. So, what do you
3: make, bud, of, uh, of Utah? So, I watched Cam Rising get up on the stage. Mm-hmm. I watched him walk around in the lobby, like not in a creepy way, but but, but <laughs> kind of creepy. You know what I mean? Like, you're looking. You're is there like, a little okay, limp there? Yeah. It is, is, is he got a brace on? From what I could see, no brace, no limp. Got up the stairs of the, of the stage, no problem. He told me he's been throwing. Right. I, I asked him, Utah is an interesting ball club because last year they were at times a little more finesse throughout the year than you had seen them. They used to just pound you physically. Mm-hmm. This year, I think they think they're back to that. Uh, and I'll give credit to Phil Steele. He was on a radio show I was listening mm-hmm. to, and he said that Whittingham challenged him to find a team yeah. who is better on both lines of scrimmage in, in the country. I'm like, okay, that's, yeah. that's some confidence in, in, in your big boys across both sides of the ball. I think they're going to live in 12 personnel, honestly. They're really confident. In both of their tight ends, I'm not sure they're great in the throw game. You know, like I, the receivers. Well, Deshaun Veal is
5: good, but they lose Kincaid. So yeah,
3: the other we'll tight end they got, they're excited about. Yeah, that's what Tim
5: was saying earlier.
3: Um, the, 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 the kid who killed USC in the uh in in, in, in the championship, championship game. game. And I think they'll be much better up front defensively. Secondary, is some concerns. Losing Clark Phillips was a really good player. What do you make of USC's
4: defense? Very busy in the portal.
3: I think they upgraded to competent at a bare minimum. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You know, like, George, Bear Alexander's a Georgia-level player. Yeah. Now, there may have been some attitude issues or whatever there that, that they were not not totally sad to see him go, but when he's right, he's a disruptive guy. You just don't see a lot of guys built like him anywhere, much less out here on the West Coast. Mason Cobb's a nice addition for them. I, I think they added a difference maker relative to what they had at every level of the defense. And I would expect them to be, be a lot better up front,
4: but Elliot kind enough to hang out with us as he's in town for PAC 12 media days. He'll be back in a couple of weeks. You're moderating the college football discussion at bet bash. Pretty cool. I, should be pretty good time. Yeah. I've ne- never done that. Yeah. That'll be neat. I saw uh, I think legacy Matt, club, right? Matt Medcalf will be a part of it. Yeah, uh, everybody's uh, yeah, coming. There's going to be a, a great, uh, a great scene. No doubt about it. Um, so as we take a, a step back, I guess, Real quickly, before we put a bow on the Pac-12, right now, if I took 100 bucks out of Sean's pocket and I said, go make a bet for me, bud, on the Pac-12, wh- what team would you bet on?
3: I, I mm. might go Oregon, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I, I think they've done a really nice job in the transfer portal. I, I don't anticipate quite as big of, of an offensive line drop-off as, as maybe some folks do. I, I think they did a nice job there, mining the portal for some important replacements. I really like what they have at receiver, and I think they made some upgrades on the D-line. I, I, Oregon is a team that not a lot of people seem to be talking about in the Pac-12. You know, it, it's USC, can they take the final step? Right. Can Utah repeat? You know, can Washington level up? Is Oregon State is a really, you know, sexy sleeper pick. I, I didn't hear a lot of Oregon today. I'm like, man, Oregon seems to make good coaching hires. I like Will Stein. I, I was going to say,
4: what do you think the drop-off is? Or is there, like, what is the, Bo Nix and Kenny Dillingham obviously have a rapport uh, he leaves to go to Arizona State. You bring in uh, the UTSA uh, offensive coordinator, Stein. Is there a drop-off, bud?
3: I, I'm not projecting a drop-off. Okay. I, I thought Will Stein did a great job at UTSA. and, and, and Look, you never know how it's going to work, obviously, but I, I think they should be able to operate on the same level, and I, I do believe they will be better on defense this year than they were last year.
5: It'll be interesting for me. Um, Dillingham got something out of Bo Nix that we never saw at or at Auburn. Yeah. Auburn he was a football player not a quarterback. There were stretches where both really looked like a quarterback. The yeah. system that Stein comes from at UTSA is more art bryles centric yeah. than it is what more they run in Oregon. So it'll be interesting for me how does that fit. But only time will tell. And, and Dillingham was was Nick's quarterback
3: coach at Auburn before he got on Mike Marvel's staff in Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. So like he definitely knew how to hit the ground running there. But I I talked to Nick today. He just that's just a, that's a guy, that's a man playing college football, right? Yeah. Like just an older guy. who oh, yeah, he's been just in college twelve himself. years. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Dude, you know how it is. I mean. <laughs> He opened up his career against Oregon, right? right. Yeah.
4: He's been yeah. in school
5: long enough, Tim, to, to hold all the records in Auburn and Oregon. Like, he, he put in four years at each one of them.
4: I mean, I'm just, honestly, I'm just surprised that Holton Aylers still isn't at East Carolina. I mean, that dude, I think, was there for about a decade and a half. Uh, Bud Elliott hanging with us here in the studio at BudElliott3 on Twitter. Of course, the Cover3 podcast, wherever you get your podcast, CBS Sports, 247 Sports. You mentioned Tallahassee. You know. Uh, The ins and outs uh, Mm -hmm. of Florida State incredibly well. I can't remember the last time there was this much hype. I mean, it's not that long ago. They won a title, what, 10 years ago. But Norvell seems to have gotten this team kind of rolling. They ended the season on a high note. And here they are, uh, national championship buzz. Can they win the ACC? No bigger game than them playing LSU in Orlando that Sunday night uh, to start the season. So, Bud, you look at Florida State, 10 wins or so nine and a half what do you expect from florida state and, and would you look acc future make the playoff bet them against lsu how are you looking at uh florida state this year
3: the, there is some undefeated 10 to 1 down there i, yeah. I was checking down here at circa I, I would potentially look that way i think that's the best best number on the market and that does
4: not include the acc champions correct game. Yeah, so, that, yeah that's, that's just a 12 this, regular that's
3: season game. That, that, that's just that's just 12 and 0 i I look at Florida State as a fairly bankable team, if healthy, because I don't think they have a lot of outright weaknesses. I mean, the, their stuff that's maybe not elite is above average at almost all positions. They're a really veteran football team and very deep. Jordan Travis seems to have you know, made strides every year that he's been in the program. And then they, they did go get some difference makers in the transfer portal. Keon Coleman, yeah, uh, Dane Brugler had him fourth in the country in his NFL draft ratings. Like, that's a big-time guy to get... Because now you, you got to defend Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman. They want to live in 12 personnel with a you know, really good good tight end they got from South Carolina. They still have Trey Benson as a back. And and I, I think that they have about eight offensive linemen who they would be very comfortable playing in the game and much better defensive depth than they've had. What I don't know if they have is a lot of guys who will be like first round, you know, top 50, top 75 type picks. I think you got a whole lot of guys on this ball club who will be Sixth, seventh, you know, mm-hmm. undrafted free agents, priority free agents making a camp, right? Which you can win a whole lot of college ball games with that. The question becomes, if you do get to the playoff, what happens if you run up against a Georgia that feels like they might break their own record, I was told, uh, in in the draft coming up that, that they Louise. set two years ago? <laughs>
5: yeah. You know, where do you have Jared Verse in your, in your rankings? Because I've heard a lot of people say he's a top five guy in the upcoming draft some people have even said if it wasn't for the quarterbacks this year that he pushed to be the the number one overall selected player
3: i sean he's pretty freaky i mean mm-hmm. I, I i don't know about top five i want to see what the measurables are as, as far as the length but he's a workout warrior like you watch this guy work out he's going to do very well at the combine in in, in the drills and, and when he has to go run but he's still got a guy who was kind of raw last year like there is some upside i understand why he came back. I don't buy the idea that he was like a a top 10 pick who decided to come back to school. That doesn't really got you. In my experience, that doesn't really happen, but I think he's a guy who has top 10 pick upside if he hits his ceiling.
5: So go ahead. I was just going to say, I recruited Jordan Travis. Yeah. I thought we had him. Brother was playing for the Blue Jays. We brought him on an official visit, but, it, you know, Power 5 happened then when he left Louisville. I thought we had him again. I'm just – I've said
4: this. Who did you get, Sean? I, all I hear about
5: is the hey, guys who turned you down. And they're all ballers, and they all went to Power <laughs> 5 schools. And I still won uh, 8 AC Recruited a Year by Rivals. Uh, having said that, I've always said this to Tim, and this is why I didn't like Cincy when they made it. This is why I didn't really like TCU. This will be the first, like, to me, off-brand – team that gets to the college football playoff that has a quarterback that can overcome some of the other deficiencies.
3: I've always kind of thought that if somebody's going to break through, like like I I do the blue chip ratio, right? Mm -hmm. We we did it on this show. They're not quite there. They're like the number one team that that, that could bust it this year. When it's come close to being busted before, it was, thank God, Nick Saban did that onside kick against Clemson the first time because Deshaun had him, right? right? You know, it was Marcus Mariota Mm -hmm. playing good for about 20 minutes against Ohio State and then Ohio State took over it's usually going to be a team that's really pretty close recruiting wise and then the quarterback you know puts him over that mark i, I think jordan's a really good college quarterback i don't know if he's an amazing nfl guy but i think he, he can do a whole lot of things especially with his legs and arm combo i was listening to your uh summer school uh cover three
4: podcast by the way on michigan and uh, the beat reporter you had on whose name escapes me oh was, sam webb he was, was a great job man he was fired up about this team he, he loved everything about him are
3: they better than ohio state I think they're, I think they're more trustworthy. I don't know if they have the higher ceiling <laughs> than, than Ohio State. I, look, Ohio State scares me a little bit, both on the upside and the downside. Yeah, they needed to go to the transfer portal to get two tackles. Well, guess what? This was not a good year to have to do that. I mean, it's always hard to find tackles in the transfer portal, but San Diego get, State tackles started right. for them. I mean, yeah. that, that's who they, they took Josh Simmons from Ohio or from San Diego State. I'm not saying he can't play, but. That's not super encouraging to me. On the other hand, the other questions here are, can Jim Knowles get a defense, right? Which, given their level of athleticism, and it's his second year, I'm not going to bet against Jim Knowles figuring it out. And can Ryan Day get a quarterback, right? Like, that's usually an answer that we give the thumbs up to, right, right, in college football. So, if they're okay at tackle, I think they probably have a higher upside than Michigan because of the playmakers. But
5: I think Michigan is more trustworthy right now. Give me Ryan Day in the college football playoff. Y'all can have Jim Harbaugh. Dude, the only teams
3: Ryan Day loses to are college football playoff teams basically. You know?
5: Except Notre Dame on September 23rd. Please please well, this is y'all year Sam Harman. Sam Hartman, Sam i Sam, Sam spending a lot a of money
3: to go to that game guys
4: I don't know who he's <laughs> gonna
5: throw the ball to Tim but I mean the quarterback's really
3: good hey, all the Notre Dame fans on Twitter tell me that the receivers got a lot better in the second half of the year I didn't watch the games apparently and, and uh, you know I,
5: I, <laughs> we went over this the other day I was like Michael Meyer was the whole passing game well when you have a Mac level quarterback no
4: offense Drew Pine I know you got a family but uh, uh, alright you know you like Tyler Buckner <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> Uh, all right, well we'll end with this. Thanks for bringing up Tyler Buckner, <laughs> Alabama, ten and a half you could find if you want the under ten if you like the over. Your final forty five seconds, Bud. Alabama this year.
3: I think I'd rather bet them for like a title future, mm-hmm. you know, because of the upside. I, I was gonna pick LSU in the West and I was going through. I'm like, all right, who's my top D end? Oh, he plays for Bama. Who's my top D tackle in the league? Oh, Jaheim Otis. They, they they got his weight right. I've seen this kid. He plays <laughs> he plays for Bama. Who's my top corner? Oh, Kool Aid. Plays for Bama. Who's my top safety? Like, down the list. It's like, Okay, t- Tyler Booker, kid from Jersey, played for IMG. Yeah, I like, coached him.
5: He's a good player. Dude,
3: I'm telling you, yeah. like. The tackle, tools at IMG. I think Bama's ceiling is legitimately as high as it's been, with the exception of quarterback. And Saban is and loving
0: all of this. I don't little.
3: know who is the quarterback. Like, I, I did McElroy's show, and he's kind of promoting Simpson. Uh, like, we'll see. Bud
0: Elliott, Sorry. CBS Sports.